0: Thank you, Chaitanya, for joining XR Home Podcast, India's first AR, VR, MR podcast. Really appreciate you taking time and being part of this conversation. So for my listeners who don't know about you, I'm going to give them like a brief introduction on you. So, Mr. Chaitanya Chinchlekar has had a multifaceted two-decade career spanning the film and creative arts industry, education, event management, as well as chartered accountancy. He's currently part of the leadership team and serves as vice president, business head as well as the chief technology officer at wrestling was international welcome to XRM podcast i really appreciate you being part of the show so let's happy to be here so sir so, let's start with the entertainment industry what are your views on the current state of india's media and entertainment industry i i, I for one my view is like I, i'm i'm frustrated with the uh, india's uh, media and entertainment industry uh, I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples like it's the news channel like right? you you have five or six people who are screaming there's one host who's instigating uh, the others and we call this news on a national television right then we have aging stars who are giving these uh, movies with the same storyline which has been happening for hundreds of years then we have the the tv channels with the likes of balaji and stuff who are who are hell bent on creating regressive content you know so that, that's my personal view what are your views of india's uh, uh, media so,
1: um, actually i don't agree with any of the three points? Yes, yes, please. Uh, so, if you look at our news channels, so India has approximately um, <clears throat> uh, about 400 odd news channels. So, about 43 percent of our news channels are, or 43 percent of our channels are news channels. Right. Yeah. So, you know, for uh, at a superficial level, it seems like a lot, and it seems like you know, what are all these channels doing? Right. What is the value that they are adding? But, um, you know, when you actually look at it slightly more detail, you realize that India is actually not, I mean, even though it is one country, um, it is not one media market. It is not one media country because our country is divided by languages.
2: Right.
1: So um, we have, you know, unlike the US or Europe or most other countries which have Uh, news channels only in one or two or three languages. India has news channels in 15 languages or 14 languages, right? Um, Every language, every state, you at least have two or three news channels. The overall uh, content viewership, news channel viewership is decent, right? English news channels where a lot of the shouting screaming happens Mm -hmm. is less than um, 1%. The, mm-hmm. the viewership of all English content in India mm-hmm. is less than 1%. So the, the viewership of English language news mm-hmm. is even less than that, just significantly. So it's less than like half a percent of our total viewers are actually watching that. Right. So it's actually not that widely watched. So I don't even know why people uh, give it so much importance. Mm -hmm. It's a very, 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 very small percentage of the Indian media and entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Honestly, uh, we we have have this weird obsession with uh, English language uh, content and English language everything. Mm-hmm. which is kind of weird because you know times of india and hindustan times are considered to be great newspapers right. but you know theenik denik bhaskar denik jagran punjab kesari uh, gujarat samachar fair enough denik the the uh, subscription and the distribution of denik uh, newspapers is uh, i don't know 10 times that of um, the english language newspapers
2: yeah, right,
1: I, I, uh, or rather, you know, just the the um, what we call the Hindi belt or the Hindi heartland newspapers put together,
2: right.
1: at least be ten times that of the English language newspapers. Yet nobody ever talks, you know, about that. Right. So I think we are uh, when we look at the media and entertainment industry, are the we look at it in a very odd and uh, a kind of a warped way. Right? See, the industry is uh, opinion. Mm-hmm. Right? Everything in the industry is opinion. Right. Whether right. a filmer is good or bad is opinion. Right. Um You have the best, you can have the best film in the world, but there'll be 10 people who didn't like it. Very true. So, neither the critics nor awards are representative of the real success or real popularity of the industry. It is only one and only one thing. It is the box office collection.
2: Right.
1: Right? So, um, yes to a to a few select um film analysts who think that they understand how you know understand how to analyze a film and give some yarn about it great you know okay. it doesn't matter right um in reality it's absolutely um the the public at large, which uh, is the final judge of any right. film.
2: Right.
1: And, uh, you know, once they've given their verdict, you know, you can either sit and crave and cry mm-hmm. saying, how did this film make so much money? Or yes. you understand, try and understand why the films made money. Right. So, um, whether it's a Shahrukh Salman, Amir, Akshay, Ajay Devgan, all of them are 50 plus now, but their films continue to mint 100, 200, 300 crores, right? Why? Uh, it's not like the next gen isn't uh, doing good content. They're also doing, Ranveer, Ranveer, uh, they're all doing well. Um, Ayushman, uh, Rajkumar Rao, um, uh, you know, Nawaz, the whole bunch of Varun Dhawan, right. all of them, they, they're all, I mean, they're all, everybody's creating good content Uh, You decide what you want to watch. You don't want to watch the, you know, if you think the older people and they're not making great content, don't watch it. And this is actually uh, also happens a lot in the case of television as well, right? Um, 50% of India's TV viewership is what is called GEC, General Entertainment Channels. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: If you add up Hindi and regional put together, it's almost 50% of our viewership. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that 50% of India is regressive? No. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't say that the general entertainment channel content is, is uh, uh, regressive. Um, to, this is actually what causes the biggest lack of understanding of the industry. Because there is no one type of content that uh, any particular format takes. Right. So there is an equal amount of, uh, you know, if you look at the, you know, since you mentioned Ekta Kapoor, If you look at her, the range of uh, Balaji's content, you know, at one end you have, and you know, across film and OTT, at one end you have uh, things like, uh, you know, Gandhi Baat and uh, all that. And at the other end you have things like Bose and you have Test Case and you have The Verdict and you have a bunch of other things, right? I mean, even if you look at uh, uh, a supposedly regressive uh, show like Gandhi Baat, um, you know, like people or No whatever, in, in, in
0: fact in fact I don't have anything with Gandibat. I have I have things with like a Saski B and thing like so I don't call I, I don't find Gandhi Baad regressive at all. In fact I, I find that's the, 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 the fine, the, the, but
1: even even Sasbi Kabi it is it, it, I mean, it, in, in
0: the, those those lines. I mean, I mean, not not. But again, I'm not pointing when, out to yeah, them.
1: When you say yeah, but when you right. say those lines, you are generalizing. Right. You are taking yeah. one uh, idea that uh, you know people have about what these cereals are right. and painting everything with that. Right. Sajib um. B. Uh, Bibhuti ranged across almost fifteen years. It has been dubbed in close to 18, 19 global languages. It has been uh, 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 one of the most popular shows in countries like uh, Iran, uh, Afghanistan, Turkey, Egypt, uh, Southeast Asia. So, I, I mean, according to me, it's not regressive not regressive at all. Right, right. There may be a couple of elements in uh, the show that are cringy, but you know you have cringy, cringeworthy elements in every piece of content.
2: Right.
1: I mean, the whole thing with Game of Thrones of Jon Snow dying and coming back, what is that? Same, same rubbish, right? So, um, I don't actually think that... I think this is, the, this is the golden period of the Indian media and entertainment industry. And every year, it just gets better because there are more stories, there are more avenues, there are more filmmakers, there are more writers, there are more content creators, there's more audience. Um, Once upon a time, you had just one content consumption platform, which is cinema. Then you added television. Then you added OTT. Now you're adding VR. So going forward, you're going to look at approximately, I don't know, we make about 1,500 hours of original OTT content, about three and a half thousand hours of original filmed entertainment, over one lakh hours of um, user-generated content on YouTube and other uh, channels.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so it's absolutely the, the golden period for Indian uh, media and entertainment industry. Even in times of COVID, right? Your theaters are down. But again, you know, when, when, when people look at theaters and then uh, look at taking that and painting the entire media and entertainment industry with that, it's actually incorrect because domestic theatrical business is about 60% of the Indian film industry. The Indian film industry is only 10% of the Indian media and entertainment industry. So the Indian theatrical industry is 60 is 6% of the Indian media and entertainment industry. Right? So yes, it's a large number, but in percentage terms, it's not that large. Mm-hmm. The fact that production has been stopped, that shoots have been stopped, that shooting has been stopped, mm-hmm. that has actually got a much, much bigger impact on the ME industry right. than the fact that theaters are not operational. But honestly, nobody speaks about that because. The most visible symbol to outsiders of media and entertainment is the theater. And when they see the theater shut down, they think, oh, it's like terrible. Yes, it's terrible, but it's not the worst thing. The worst thing is that production stopped. Right? Right. And now that production has started again, we have over uh, 100 uh, shows in Mumbai that are that have started shooting already. Right. Um, you will start to see content coming up. Well, that's good Good news. The other thing that has happened in the last four year, uh, four uh, months, Mm. is that your OTT platforms have got a huge boost.
2: Right.
1: Netflix, Amazon, Z Plus, Bala, uh, Old Bala Sony Live, Disney Plus, Hotstar, all of them have seen massive subscription jumps. Mm -hmm. Right, and uh, it's it's good because anyway, India was going towards digital. Uh, This has just accelerated uh, uh, the adoption of digital. So, yes, while one part of the industry suffered, the other part of the industry is really happy with, uh, um, you know, what has happened in the last uh, uh, four months. Um, I mean, uh, about, uh, I think it was eight years ago, 10 years ago when there was this big multiplex strike Mm -hmm. and there were no multiplexes functioning for a better good part of four months. Um, the industry still continued,
2: right?
1: Uh, So I think what we should uh, look at is, uh, you know, look at the industry as a whole. And uh, now that production has started again, you know, I think it's, uh, the industry will soon get back on its feet. Uh, Hopefully in a month, month and a half, theater should be back. And then we'll be back to, you know, doing things that we were before uh, Corona. Right. Uh, you know, albeit with a little more uh, safety and uh, help.
0: Right, right, right. And and so, so, yeah, so, so that's 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 actually good news that the production has started again. So, so yeah, going back with you, yes, I think we have an unnatural obsession with English. I'm completely with you. And I think we've got an, Unnatural obsession with goras and good looking people generally. I, I guess that's the
1: reason, or Bollywood films have let me just come in on that. Yeah. The uh, urban English speaking, uh, English understanding people are the ones who have an obsession with English. The country doesn't have an obsession with English.
2: Right, right, right. right? Right.
1: Less than ten percent of um, the the content consumers actually prefer English language content in India. Right. right? So we have about uh, three hundred and fifty or four hundred million uh, ODT consumers, um, and uh, out of them, uh, not more than. Uh, 25 to 30 million actually uh, watch English language content, mm. right? And even those who watch English language content, their mix between English and non-English language content is at least 50 50, mm. right? So the 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 uh, the people who comment about the industry actually have a greater um, obsession with uh, English language content. Right. than the country does right right and, and no, this no. has been across the years across the ages
0: no, no fair enough, fair enough i completely i am with you when, when, when you when you say that so yes i think we've got an i mean that small amount of people obsessed with english language the people who are obsessed with goras and good looking people that's the reason if you see bollywood uh, has this thing where it, it has only good looking actors so so when i said regressive con- 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 content with the, the the tv series yes there is a certain uh, section of content creators who be who have realized that the box office determines the the, the production right so they end up they, they're in that loop where they just just building that content. And then I see this new bunch of filmmakers, these young, hungry bunch of filmmakers who are really pushing forward and really creating quality content, but are, uh, their, their, their drawbacks are resources, their, their, their drawbacks are they don't come from these filmy backgrounds and stuff like so yes i mean do, do, those are my do, those are my uh, the, the point
1: but I'm so when you say when you say can you give me an example of a young hungry great filmmaker who's being held back by resources
0: oh there's so many there's millions i guess i mean in, in india i mean we we, we are we uh, i think everybody every home has a storyteller every ho- home has somebody who wants to create a story and, and, you know, put it onto the main, main screen. But obviously, there I draw back these challenges and stuff like that. So no, and, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. So, when you say every house is a storyteller and people, yeah, everybody wants to be, I want to be a Formula One driver, right? right.
2: right. right.
1: But, so, can I turn around and say, oh, Formula One driver doesn't want me, it is holding people back, it is creating barriers. What have I done about it? Right. If 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 every house has a has a storyteller, is the, a, has the, a filmmaker, the,
0: the Bollywood industry largely so far has been extremely monopolistic. There is no, not even close, not which which has run the business. Not and at and all. It's very difficult to get into that industry. Urge. Mm-hmm. As far as not I know, I might be completely wrong.
1: Yes, you are unfortunately completely wrong. So, okay. in the last twelve years, we have graduated. About two and a half thousand students at Whistling Woods,
2: right?
1: Right, right? and not more than twenty or twenty-five of them uh, are uh, have actually been from uh, you know have had some family connection to the film industry. Um, and out of the two and a half thousand students, almost all of them are very very gainfully employed in the Indian film and media and entertainment industry. So. You know, where is the, uh, you know, when people say outsiders aren't allowed in, aren't allowed in where? We're not seeing that issue, right? Um, and, you know, everyone talks about Karan Johar being this, whatever, nepotism, whatever, whatever. What people don't see is if he has launched Star Kids as actors, he has launched 18 new directors in the last 20 years. Why does everybody obsess only about the uh, the, the actor? is is that the only profession in the industry look at the number of new directors look at the number of new editors look at the number of new dops look at the number of new screenwriters that are being launched every day by different production houses some of them some of which you would call nepotistic right edile mushkil was edited by uh, 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 an editor who was this was his first com- uh, commercial feature film as an editor I mean, why doesn't anybody talk about that when they uh, talk about Karan Apurva Apoorva Mehta, who's Karan Johar's okay, friend from uh, when he was a child, is, uh, has been Karan co-producer for the last many, many years. And the third name that they have brought in, has, that Dharma has brought in as a producer in the last 20 years is, uh, is, a, is a person called Shashank Khetan, who's a Whistling Woods alumni he's come from a no, a middle class family in nasik he studied uh, got into the industry worked his way up became a writer director wrote and directed three films then became a creative producer has now produced two films for dharma right so this is a complete hogwash that there are entry barriers into the uh, into the um, uh, into the film and media and entertainment industry for those who are not from film families, complete hogwash, right? So it's uh, it is there is as much nepotism and favoritism in our industry as there is there in any other industry. Fair enough. Fair enough. Two days ago, Shiv Nadar retired, and fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. And his, her, her, his his daughter succeeded him as head of HCL.
2: Right.
1: I don't see anybody outraged about that, right? So, uh, people will, yeah, you know, turn around and say, oh, but she's been working in the, in, the, the, um, in the HCL tech for the past 10 years in, you know, as whatever roles. So has Varun Dhawan. Varun Dhawan has played a spot boy on his father's set. He's been an assistant director. He's, uh, you know, he's slogged his way up. And then he gets launched by his father. Yes, why not? Right, So, I, most people don't know that Rithik Roshan was an AD on Koela. That's where he's, uh, he started his uh, uh, film career. So, I, it's, a, it's, it's a very easy, soft target. Um, people try to generalize these things. And unfortunately, a lot of the ignorant media just give more and more wing to it. Because it isn't like that. If it was, an institute like Whistling Woods would have never been successful. Right. So uh, it's, you know, coming back to the original point, it's nice for people to say that, you know, yes, there is a storyteller in every house in India. Great. What have you done about it? Have you studied film? Or, you know, have you learned how to uh, be a screenwriter or an editor? It's like saying every house is a doctor in India. So yeah, good. Then have you gone to medical school? you know if you if you want to become a doctor without going to medical school i mean it's just stupid right, right. so right. the it's people need to understand that this is an industry this is a craft it is a combination of art creativity technique craft uh, technology commerce you need to know all those things before you set foot inside right right, right. so um Over the last 20 years, the the Indian media and entertainment industry's growth has outstripped India's GDP growth by 2x. So if India's average GDP growth has been, say, 6% in the last 15, 20 years, the Indian media and entertainment industry has grown at 12 to 15% on an average. In some cases less, in some cases more, Mm -hmm. right? So we employ around 10 lakh people. It's not that large an industry the indian railways employ more people than the entire indian media and entertainment industry mm-hmm. right so uh, it's not that large an industry but look at the impact it has the, the the societal impact the turnover of the indian media and entertainment industry is 25 billion dollars 26 billion dollars 26 billion dollars india's uh, gdp is 2.7 trillion so the industry is less than 1% of 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 India GDP, but there is something called the causality. So, for example, for eight lakh people that the industry employs directly, indirectly it employs thirty lakh people. If it generates two point uh, 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 you know two point five, two point six billion dollars of direct uh, revenue, it generates four times that in indirect revenue, in induced tourism revenue, right? So, uh, you know, if you look at a film like Three Idiots released uh, almost 14, 15 years ago, um, the, the last bit of Three Idiots was shot at Pangong Lake, right? Mm-hmm. And just that big caused, enabled almost a thousand crore increase in tourism revenue for Ladakh. Just those 10 minutes or 15 minutes at the end of that film has given a thousand crore impetus and thousand crore, not since then to now, just over four years after that.
2: Right.
1: So when, when people look at the Indian or any media and entertainment industry, this is how it needs to be looked at. Right. It's like medical. You have to analyze the industry like you analyze. Um, all what is called social industries. So education, media and entertainment, uh, uh, medicine, right? So essentially that's how you need to analyze them because that impact is far greater than the actual turnover. Right, right. Completely.
0: I'm with you uh, that, you know, a a movie, I think an art has got that potential to create a revolution. You gave a great example with three idiots creating that additional thousand crore revenue for Ladakh and and, and that's what a movie can do. A good movie can do, you know. So I believe and I'm from that uh, uh, thought that you you need content like that. You need content like three idiots where people uh, remember a, a movie like that. You know, I mean, you you gave me an example of three ideas you didn't give me an example of some you know random uh, so so a, a, a anyway so well how do you think COVID-19 is going to impact the media and entertainment industry right now the theatres have been shut so you said uh, that's not such a big problem but
1: no, it is a big problem Yeah, I'm, yeah. Not saying yeah. It, I'm not saying it's not a big problem it is right. a really big problem Right. but it's not the be all and end all of the Indian media and entertainment industry
0: Right. So Shekhar and Kapoor tweeted that uh, the theaters might be shut for a year. This was his la- la- last, last tweet. I, I don't know. Uh, if, I don't. If, I don't know. If, if something like that happens, what is going to happen to the content creator? Those millions of content creators in India who depend, their livelihood is dependent on that. What happens to a con- uh, or media and so more
1: world. than content creators because content creators can create content for television can create content for OTT. Uh, this year, so to twenty twenty, mm-hmm. already we are seeing signs that OTT uh, the number of original hours created for OTT will mm-hmm. be more than those that are created for uh, film. Mm-hmm. So I am not that worried about the uh, content creators. Yes the growth will not be there because one big chunk of your of your potential revenue has been taken away yeah. and you, you may not be able to do really, really big budget films uh, because, you know, in order for really, really big budget films to make money, they have to be released on the big screen. OTT just isn't enough for, um, you know, big films to, uh, 100 crore plus films to actually make money. Um, but... That doesn't necessarily mean that your OTT content creators are all, will can only make the big budget films. Right? You have to adapt. You have to learn how to make TV content. You have to learn how to make series. You have to learn how to make other kinds of content. Get on to YouTube. You know, make some, we have 40 OTT platforms. Every single OTT platform is commissioning some kind of content. Whether it's MX player, whether it's, uh, sony whether it's sunnext whether it's uh, disney plus hotstar netflix amazon youtube red i mean there's a long list Alt balaji uh, you know voot etc cetera, etc cetera. everybody is commissioning content so this is a great time to be a content creator it sucks that a lot of your content won't be seen may not be seen on the really big screen but you know there's nothing you can do about it so rather than holding your head and crying you know start looking at um adapting to the situation right. adapting to the situation so do you think this covid-19 could be
0: the catalyst for driving immersive technologies forward for driving yeah, virtual production forward
1: so i don't know whether virtual production as such will get a major boost by covid-19 because uh, normal production has started again right, so you
0: right,
1: right. can continue and kind of concept of virtual production is slightly different um Um, you still need to be in a physical sound stage in order to do virtual production.
2: Right. Uh,
1: But uh, immersive will definitely get a big boost. So, you know, just like your digitization and online e-learning has been accelerated by COVID, Mm -hmm. uh, adoption of AR and VR will also be accelerated by uh, COVID. Um, Both in, you know, functional and utilitarian VR. So, you know, delivering academic content, or creating academic content in VR, as well as uh, creating cinematic VR, fiction narrative content, uh, you know, VR live streaming of concerts, VR live streaming of sports, all these three things, all these things will uh, will take a, you know, big uh, jump. Um, so uh, I am actually quite optimistic uh, for uh, VR. So... I think about a month or so. I had written a, a, a an op-ed in the Mint on uh, why cinematic VR. You know where I see cinematic VR coming from and where I see it going, and why I see it uh, proliferating in a big way. Right. So um, it, yes, it's going to accelerate immersive content adoption.
0: Yeah. Could Could you talk about that uh, article in brief to us?
1: Uh, so yeah, essentially, it was more. It was I, I had spoken more about the fact that how VR is the fourth content consumption platform
2: mm.
1: after cinema. So after theaters, cinema, television, uh, OTT, and VR. And um, you know, with the with the prices of headsets dropping. So once upon a time, your your best headset was uh, you where you need to spend about a thousand dollars to buy it, and another three thousand dollars to buy the computer that ran it. Now, with the Oculus Go Quest, you don't need to do that anymore. For 30,000 rupees, you get an excellent VR headset with, uh, you know, six DoF and uh, uh, volumetric uh, tracking. So, um, with that, 30,000 rupees isn't too much. 30, 35,000 is what you get a VR, uh, is an Oculus Quest for. That's less than the cost of a decent uh, uh, smart TV. And now with the Geo Glass coming in, I mean it's uh, rumored to be priced at about two hundred dollars, so about fifteen thousand rupees. Uh, it's going to be even more mass, right? So while this particular headset, while this particular device may or may not be um, as great as um, you know everybody uh, hopes that it will be, what it will do is it it will change the mindset right right it will it will break it will crack that glass ceiling that that wall which exists between the consumer common consumer and immersive content that wall will be cracked and people as they get to start experiencing immersive content whether it is ar or vr they will start to realize the impact and the uh, uh, you know that how this content can add so much value to your lives right? And it will kind of plow the way for the version 2.0 of the VR headset, uh, of the uh, uh, Geo Glass that they launch or whatever they call it, uh, a VR headset. Uh, That is the one that will really take it to a whole other level, right? Just like Geo did with mobile phones and 4G, right? Uh, They are... You know, they really have an excellent track record of inducing mass adoption of uh, any particular, um, you know, uh, device or format or, uh, you know, technology. So that's where I see it. And, you know, um, content creators will start to emerge by 2022. So, uh, 2021, the batch that graduates from Whistling Woods in 2021 will be cinematic VR ready. 2022, they will actually have done a VR project as part of their academics. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Right? We are launching a um, a short course in immersive VR. Well, we are supposed to launch it in April, but obviously not now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But maybe by October, to uh, train industry professionals who Mm -hmm. uh, want to you know, who've been creating flat screen content for a while and now want to uh, move into creating cinematic VR content. So fiction and non-fiction narrative content uh, in 360 VR. And we've kind of, we've got enough demonstrations and case studies um, that, you know, for a five or six minute VR film, we're comfortably able to do it in less than five lakh rupees with good quality, right? right? So the cost Mm -hmm. is not that high. Right. um and whereas the impact is significant so i mean it's really these things that will make a change and will uh, uh, you know kind of proliferate vr significantly a right. bunch of content creators emerging and right. uh, low, good quality uh, low cost uh, vr headsets and right. ar headsets
0: Right. So, so I'm really excited about the future, you know, where you have these uh, students of yours graduating from there and creating content because in India, I think that the, we have, uh, we, we have a lack of uh, good quality immersive tech uh, content creators. But, but personally, I think I mean the reason there's a lack because yes, I mean there's a problem with you know the the building the 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 expense of building a content right, and then there's there's monetization and distribution. So do you think when by twenty twenty two when you have those students out and building content, will the uh, the ecosystem be a problem, or by that point of time you see that ecosystem not a problem and you, uh, if the students are creating content, there will be a platform which will be able to distribute, monetize uh, the immersive content.
1: The world of cinematic VR content today is where OTT was in, say, 2013 or 2014. Right? It has come out of its worst phase and it has now started to settle down. Uh, if you remember what OTT content was in 2013-14, before 4G, before um, you know OLED and Retina display and really high quality smartphones, um, people were worried about monetization. People were worried about um, uh, uh, you know uh, content consumption quality. Uh, people were worried about content creators. And you know, in less than five years, all those problems have been solved. Monetization is not an issue. Uh, There is enough subscription revenue coming in. There are people who are launching both S-Word and A-Word platforms, right? Like Disney Plus Hotstar has both an s Ward and an A-Word model. Uh, I'm, I'm so, um, so so
0: so very sorry. I, I, can you please explain what S word and E word subscription, is?
1: Subscription, subscription video on demand and advertising video on demand. Oh, okay. Thank you. Subscription is where there is no, uh, there are no ads right. where you subscribe and you pay, right. which is the, the, the primary model of OTT. Mm-hmm. And then there is a word. There is advertising video on demand where you are watching the content and there's ads in between, which is primarily right. YouTube.
2: Right.
1: Right. So the other OTTs are launching. So, um, you've got enough uh, size and scale of Indian consumers to make both s Ward and a Word relevant. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it took just four or five years to completely turn around the uh, Indian digital content industry. VR won't even take that long, I think. In another three years, four years max, we should be uh, commissioning. There should be people, there would be people who would be commissioning we are right?
2: Right,
1: and there will be enough content creators to, to, to produce it. Okay. So, so
0: do you see in another possibly 5 to 10 years or, or, or 2D interface, which we have been uh, restricted for since the last 100 years, do you see that making way for the new world of three-dimension spatial computing, where we start interacting with content, getting into the content, Uh, what uh, are are you expecting out of uh, virtual reality? What do you think is the future of storytelling?
1: So I don't see virtual reality replacing anything. I see virtual reality only increasing the pie. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right. Uh, Just like when television came around, film didn't die, And when OTT came around, neither film nor television died. They all grew and they all grew together. Similarly, when VR comes around, film, TV, OTT will continue to grow because it's a separate content consumption format. Cinema is captive community viewing. It's an audiovisual narrative spectacle. Television is non-captive family viewing you know which has uh, which is a, uh, its endless content it gives you lots and lots of leeway for story and character development it is something that is consumed and enjoyed as a group as a family as a small unit tightly knit unit ott is uh, is non captive individual viewing right so because of its individual nature uh, uh, content consumption inhibitions are low because you are not judged for what you watch So you can go ahead and watch anything, right? Um, And that will continue to grow too. So will VR. VR has a unique um, characteristic of immersion and interaction, which no other content format has. But you don't throw in interaction just for interaction's sake. Because otherwise, it it can make the content consumption mechanism really annoying. Right? You don't want to have to interact with content all the time. You can if you want to right? So that's how it should be. It should be more organic and it will be more organic. I mean, there will be some people who will try and make people interact with the content a lot. And very soon they will realize that it's not working because not everybody wants to interact with content. I want to interact with content when I want to interact with content. I shouldn't have to do it, right? So I think the, with volumetric capture coming in, even VR will roll out in two phases. It will roll out as 360 video, which is immersive, and then it will roll out as volumetric uh, video, which is, Im- which is a higher level of immersion and a higher level of interaction because you're, you can change your point of view to wherever you want. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think these four industries, these four content viewing platforms and content consumption platforms will go on from here. They will all grow and they will grow at different rates Uh, I think uh, film will grow the least, TV will grow uh, second least, OTT will grow the most, and VR will grow uh, 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 along with, you know, on par with OTT over the next four or five years.
0: Lovely, lovely. Yeah. So I'm super excited about how uh, AR-VR is going to touch the education space, the, the entertainment plus the enterprise. So as a chief technology officer for uh, Whistling Woods, business dev and VP, what excites you most of the next five years and what are your future plans uh, for? Oh,
1: lots that? of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so we're, um, so the VR lab uh, that we have set up, that we had set up along with Jio, mm-hmm. that is coming to an end this year. Uh-huh. Uh, it was supposed to be a two-year lab. Uh, we actually extended it now. Uh, Because, you know, a couple of things that uh, we wanted to get done uh, um, got done early, much earlier. Mm -hmm. So what we were planning to do in phase three is what we are uh, also uh, rolling out now itself. Right? So we were, um, anyway, long drawn a bit about that. So... At the end of when the, while the VR lab ends, uh, what we are essentially, what the VR lab output has been is to create a strong roadmap, a strong curriculum for uh, cinematic VR, for three of uh, 360 video, um, fiction and non-fiction content creation, right? What we're now doing is we're taking all that learning and we're morphing it into our emerging media technologies lab which um, also I'm heading, and that will incorporate more workflows and tech tech pipelines into it. So we will now be doing um, 6DOF volumetric capture content, we will be doing uh, virtual filmmaking, virtual cinematography and virtual filmmaking, um, using game engines as the base, um, so both Unity and Unreal, we are in conversations with, and you know their respective uh, virtual filmmaking platforms. Of you know, Unity has the DMM one, Unreal has their own one. Um, we're looking at uh, exploring um, AI-based um, image animation, so where we are able to take a, a flat 2D face and animate it uh, uh, based on the live performance of another right. actor, right? right? So uh, we've uh, started working with the Samsung, Samsung. Uh, research Samsung Research lab in UK.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so that first test of that uh, actually got done yesterday, just yesterday, wow. Wow. Um, where we've successfully animated Vladimir Putin's face. <laughs> that is the next thing that we're uh, interested in. We're looking at... Um, uh, exploring how blockchain will improve the media and entertainment industry better. So application of blockchain and MNE. Mm. Um, we're looking at uh, some amount of uh, not going overboard using artificial intelligence in in the creative arts, right? So right now, the AI, big data, etc., etc. is being uh, spoken about uh, a lot. But... Um, on what you, what you broadly call right-brain functionalities, which is uh, creative thinking, which is essentially a combination of uh, uh, strategic thinking, lateral thinking, design thinking, and narrative thinking. These are the four uh, broad tenets of creative thinking. Um, how do you make sure that you don't deploy AI there just for AI's sake? Because it will end up screwing up the entire understanding of these areas. Right? You keep it on the left brain. You keep it on the analytical side. Um, so uh, I think it's, it's going to be a combination of taking uh, the five newer technologies, which is immersive, um, uh, AI, CV, ML. So computer vision, artificial intelligence, machine learning as one, virtual filmmaking as one, um, uh, uh, AR, VR, so uh, AR, VR, A- AICB, ML, uh, virtual filmmaking, and blockchain. These five technologies, and seeing how they will impact the four steps of all in all in all of our industries, which is content creation. Um, uh, uh, so, I mean, on the on the, on the creation on the creative side, on the business side. On the technology side and on the management side. So, how will these five emerging technologies impact the four avenues of our right. industry? Right. Uh, and you know, what does that grid look like? And what do we need to start teaching students in order to make them better industry professionals who can deal with this big tech avalanche that's coming our way?
2: Right.
1: So that's really what I'm excited about. That this is our. This is what our our roadmap is going to be for the next five years uh, at Whistling Woods, where we will look at uh, a lot of these uh, newer areas uh, and how they will impact our industry and how do we need to train students for it.
0: Lovely. lovely. Chaitanya, thank you. Thank you for being part of XRM Podcast. I personally, I, I personally am super excited about where... Uh, uh, this is going. I, I believe you guys are the the. I think the, one of the few uh, institutes here in India who are taking this conversation of technology and creativity and, and uh, trying to create the future of uh, uh, entertainment or future of narrative. Uh, so we wish you the very best. I do understand that uh, what you guys are doing is, is gonna uh, be. Uh, I, I think gonna write or be the building blocks of the the future of narrative for India. But if the, I think the first time uh, in the history of uh, storytelling, uh, it, it, it's, it's merging with the tool called artificial intelligence, which is going to bring in a lot of moral and ethical questions, which we need to, uh, but though though, though though that's, that's another question altogether, but I think we're giving an exciting time. We need to take cautious steps and we need to collaboratively do it rather than build silos, because I think the future is beautiful. And, and uh, I I am so excited about tomorrow because I know that all of these industries, be it entertainment, be it healthcare, be it education, be it enterprise, all of these stands to get disrupted, impacted, and it could could create a beautiful world where uh, a world of abundance for everyone if we take the right steps and, and wish you the very best uh, Chaitanya I, I think you're a great I mean you're doing a great job I'm looking forward for your 2022 when your students graduate and the content they create I would love to come and watch and uh, and experience the content wish you the very best thank you for being part of XROM podcast
1: and to my listeners if you like what you see in here please press the subscribe button and until next time see you guys bye bye thanks Chaitanya. thank you so much Eddie bye